0: radiotherapy plays a key role in cancer treatment. In fact, it's recommended in around half of all patients that suffer with cancer. And yet, there are many countries worldwide that have very limited access to radiotherapy services, or even none at all. For the next two episodes, the Global Oncology Podcast is privileged to be heading out to Tanzania in East Africa where we will learn about the successes and challenges of setting up a radiotherapy service. Keep listening to find out more. The Global Oncology Podcast is a series of interviews conducted by myself, Dr. Katie Piddock, with experts in the field of global oncology. Our guest today is a clinical oncologist delivering radiotherapy in Mwanza, Tanzania. Serving a population of approximately 16 million people. This is none other than Dr. Beda Likonda. Please do get involved and let us know what you think. Tweet us at Global Oncpod and check out our website globaloncologypodcast.com if you want to see some of the key references from each episode. Welcome to the Global Oncology Podcast. First of all, I would like to say thank you very much, Asante Sana, Dr. Beda Likonda.
1: Asante, Karibu,
0: For joining us on this podcast and also for just letting me visit you here in Tanzania and for teaching me so much and I'm really hoping that through this conversation we can share some of that with other people around the world.
1: Yeah, you're almost welcome.
0: So, you trained in Tanzania? And then I understand you travelled to India to Tata Memorial Hospital to complete your training in clinical oncology. So radiation training and also systemic treatments. Yeah. And then when did you come back to Mwanza?
1: Yeah, so I finished my training in 2013 by November and I reported in Mwanza December where I was told to start by January 2014. By then uh, I found Dr. Nestor Masal, who was the medical oncologist and pioneer of the department because uh, he came back in the year 2009 and started the work where they have been providing systemic treatment only. And the preparations for uh, radiation oncology had already started under the funding from the central government and the technical advice from International Atomic Energy Agency through Tanzania Atomic Energy Commission. They have made a beautiful facility and the major issue was uh, human resource and equipment installation. That was the situation when I came in 2014. So for those patients who were in need of radiation therapy, uh, I was referring them to Dar es Ocean Road, where there was uh, radiation therapy services we used to refer them.
0: But not anymore, because now you have set up the radiotherapy department yeah. here in Wanza. Yeah. So, can you tell us a little bit more about the oncology department here?
1: Oh, yes. Tanzania, in general, has a population of about 55 million people. And the, all these patients uh, were treated at Ocean Road, Dar Salaam. There was a need to do expansion of the oncology services to one of the areas in Tanzania to reduce the cost of traveling and the logistic difficulties to some of the patients. So the government decided that the second center should be located around the uh, Lake Victoria Zone and Western Zone, where there is a referral hospital called Bugando Medical Center. And these uh, uh, activities started way back in 2004 where, because we are a member state of International Atomic Energy Agency, so they thought that they could help in one way or another. And so it was structured that people needed to be sent under the funding of our International Atomic Energy Agency. So we had three slots to train radiation oncologists and the medical physicists and the radiotherapy uh, technologists. That was 2007 and uh, I showed interest, although I didn't know much uh, about this field because by that time, Cancer and the uh, radiation therapy was not a priority. Many doctors were moving across, doing many things in uh, the field of HIV. But um, when I, I received that news that there is an opportunity, and by then I had already worked as a medical officer for some time, I wanted to specialize. And during my training, especially when I uh, was working in the departments of obstetrics and Gynecology, and surgery, I could see so many cancer patients. A very difficult area. There was no hope for many patients if they are diagnosed with cancer. And I made a decision that I think this is an area where I need to go and see what we can do for the country. about uh, about two years to have the news that was 2009 when I heard for the first time that you will be moving to India but uh, we were three of us but some of my colleagues decided to do some other field Mm -hmm. and to me I think this was uh, not a good news so we lost that opportunity which now you can see Uh, I am alone in the field here in Mwanda probably we could have been three of us.
0: Oh I didn't know that, yeah Yeah. that's (laughs) that's difficult. So you are the only clinical oncologist or radiation oncologist in this area?
1: In in this area where we're talking about the population this area uh, the population is about uh, 16 million people from uh, eight different regions. We call them uh, Lake and the western zone regions. So you can see it's a big area which is taking care of many patients and I'm quite sure there are so many other patients who are uh, who are not able to uh, reach our services. Yes, so we really needed to expand the services and bring them very close to the patients.
0: And would you say cancer is a big problem in Tanzania?
1: Yes, cancer is a big problem in Tanzania. For example, if we go by global cancer data, East Africa is leading when we talk about the incidence of cervical cancer. And Tanzania in particular has an incidence of 54 per 100,000 women above, let's say, 35. So if you take that into consideration, and the whole population of Tanzania, we are expecting 7,800 new cases of cervical cancer. So in total, we can make 1,800 so you can see there is about 5,000 or 6,000 women who probably die untreated for one or more reasons. So it is a big problem Mm. in Tanzania. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so actually we're really only seeing the tip of the iceberg. So I think it's really exciting to learn about the setting up of the radiotherapy service here and I've been very privileged to see it working so well. Is it okay if I ask you a bit more about setting up that service?
1: So when I came back and started working in 2014, already we have a facility in the sense that there was a building which has been accepted by International Atomic Energy Agency, and this is a building which was having 60 rooms, and four rooms were shielded for high energy machines, up to 15 megavoltage, And the two rooms were shielded uh, shielded for uh, low energy machines, let's say a cobalt machine, something like that. So, then I found a medical physicist who came back from South Africa through the International Atomic Energy Agency. And by then, they were uh, Three uh, radiotherapy technologists. One was trained by, through International Atomic Energy Agency, and the two were trained uh, at Ocean Road and Mwimbil in Dar Es Salaam. Then the challenge was uh, how are we going to procure machines to start treatment? So some suggestions came from different areas. Where can we get the fund? So there were uh, some activities going on with International Atomic Energy Agents, trying to raise some funds so that we can procure at least uh, a two-dimension machine and start the services. Also there are suggestions from other countries who are now decommissioning some of their machines. So we managed to receive two linear accelerators which were decommissioned one from Italy, one from USA. But uh, when they arrived here, and these were refurbished machines, so we needed to talk with the vendors by ourselves. So that is where the challenge came, because it seems when machines are older than, let's say, 10 years, they need a lot to do for upgrade, to upgrade the machines so that they can meet current softwares which are in business you see so these machines when we asked for the quotation on how much will it cost to install so they visited they saw our rooms and then they had their suggestion there are some changes which needed to be done and apart from that, the quotation was on the higher side. And because they gave us even the preventive maintenance contract for five years, so it was expensive. So this, we came to know that this was not a solution to us. But apart from that, because we have been working with the International Atomic Energy Agency on the building, and now we are talking about the facility, uh, how we can start treatment, the equipment side, so technical experts from International Atomic Energy Agency they didn't recommend the use of refurbished machines mm. because they told us to ask the vendors when these machines are going to be obsolete. And it seems these, these were the machines which are going to be obsolete by 2019. So they can't run uh, even if we manage to install with the country run for 10 or next 15 years. Then we were trying to raise some funds through International Atomic Energy Agency. There is something we call a matching fund. But it was very fortunate that because now through International Atomic Energy Agency and the India, the Indian government, they have started manufacturing their own machines to find their own medical solutions. So, through the ambassador uh, of India and Tanzania, there was a conversation through with the, uh, the, di- the former director of Tanzania Atomic Energy Commission, yes. And the, the government of India donated a set of machines. One is called a two-dimensional simulator, and the other one is a cobalt 60 machine with a source and with a team for installation and uh, a maintenance plan of two years. So this was a great donation to us. And the, the machines were installed and tested by 2016, December. Also the International Atomic Energy Commission sent a technical expertise to visit and see, witness the commissioning process, but this went well and the machine passed well. So by January 2017 the machines were tested and already were passed. So the issue was how are we going to start. Then the regulatory body which is Tanzania Atomic Energy Commission also they needed to check whether there is a, any kind of radiations during treatment which will go outside the areas recommended everything was fine and this is because from the building the building was made clear and this is, these are the important steps that when you start you make sure that the facilities Meets the recommendation.
0: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of very thorough forward planning. Yes. To set up, to you know, set up. the building correctly, building, getting the yeah, machi- machines. Yeah. 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 Training yourself. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, it was not until August. Why? Because uh, if you want to start radiation, also, there are so many. Uh, things like immobilization devices, you know, you can't just start. So we had the equipment, we had the uh, first the uh, machines ready. Now, mobilization devices and other accessories. So it was not until um, 14th of August 2017 when we treated the first patient.
0: You must have been very proud on that day. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Yes, and you can't believe. You know, just to set and treat one patient, we took a lot of time. Because now you have people trained from different places. How do you organize the skills then? Then it was a, a challenge. So it took time to start the treatment. And the good thing is there are also organization from, um, uh, we have a team from Ocean Road, to come and help us together to start. So we worked together. We had a a fellow doctor and a medical physicist, so we joined the team and start from that particular day.
0: And how many patients have you treated now?
1: To date, uh, we have treated around 500 patients now, because up to last year, it was around 400 and when we started this year now we have close to 100 patients who have been treated so far by this March.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And what are the common cancers that you're treating?
1: So for those which has been recommended for radiation therapy uh, the most leading is cervical uterus then uh, head and neck cancers and the, uh, breast who want to receive a chest wall. Also, uh, we have patients with a Kaposi's sarcoma, which is an endemic type. We also treat them with radiation because they are localized form. Apart from that, we do also radiation for what we call keloids, keloids radiation therapy. Yeah, those are some.
0: Since you treated the first patient, the service is already developing and since then you've added brachytherapy. Can you tell us a bit more about starting that service?
1: Oh yes, so it is a standard for the world now to do uh, curative treatment of cervical uterus carcinoma by external beam radiation therapy which is followed by a boost using brachytherapy and uh, at the beginning because we were not having brachytherapy uh, units we started with external beam where we are doing simulation and treating treatment using the cobalt machine after that patients were referred to Ocean Road Dar Salaam. at the beginning it was slightly easier because uh, I had a connection with the people from Vodacom who were taking care of their transportation. It was easy, but uh, after some few months it becomes difficult because uh, there was no more funding from that uh, project. And uh, when patients were given uh, referrals to Ocean Road, it started to become difficult to them to travel. So not all were traveling to Dar es Slam because that slum is 1,200 kilometers from Mwanza. They needed to travel, they needed to have a place to stay. All these difficulties were there. So if you remember, we were trying to raise some funds for the uh, radiation therapy equipment. So it's because we received the donation from the Indian government. Then whatever small money which we had, now we are directed to brachytherapy where we managed to procure a brachytherapy unity which is having 25 channels from German and then we had a C-arm x-ray machine from Siemen and other equipment like the table and accessories. So we managed to have now the necessary equipment to start brachy and it was not until September 2018 now, which is approximately one year after we started external beam. Now we have started the brachytherapy. So those patients who failed to go to Ocean Road, were all started now to receive brachytherapy. So there was a huge backlog of patients who didn't manage to go so we are calling them now they uh, to start brachy and by the end of the year which was uh, 3 months later we were able to finish everything and we started the year 2019 with a new patient where there is no gap in treatment between external beam and radiation and the, uh, and the brachy now they finished the same week they they are enrolled to
0: Rackytherapy. Can I ask a bit about how patients afford the treatment? Because the radiotherapy, uh, that's covered for free, isn't it? And is that the same in the whole of Tanzania?
1: Yeah, so that is where challenges come. We all know that uh, To sustain radiation therapy services, funding is necessary to keep the equipment up by doing what we call preventive maintenance. These are some of the costs to run a radiation therapy unit. You need uh, preventive maintenance and also uh, if you are using a source, the source will need to be changed every five years and some other few things which needed to be replaced like uh, the immobilization and the uh, other accessories. Now the policy of our country is uh, to treat everyone who is being diagnosed with cancer for free using chemotherapy or radiation therapy. And uh, we we are allowed to charge those only who have insurance, which makes about 20% of the whole patient's load. So about 80% of them are treated for free. At Dar Salaam Ocean Road, everything is free, including blood tests, x-ray, weekly review, everything. But for us, Bugando, because we are under um, private-public partnership with the government, Still, uh, patients need to pay the blood test and the other investigations by themselves or if uh, fluids are needed for concurrently, radiation therapy, they need to pay. But otherwise, uh, for drugs and radiation, for those who does not have insurance, they need to, they are being treated for free or exemptions.
0: about your future plans for the radiotherapy service here in
1: Monza. Oh yeah, so at the moment we are treating patients with acceptable results using a two-dimension technique. From where we are now we would like to move a step ahead because still with the current modalities we can do up to, let's say, 80% of the challenges which patients are coming with. And there is a a remaining percentage of patients we cannot do. For example, let's say, patients with uh, brain tumors, like uh, high-grade gliomas, who need focal radiation therapy. We cannot plan because we don't have the three-dimensional modalities. So now, the intention is to move and at least start doing uh, three-dimensional planning for selected patients who really need it for radiation therapy. And to do that, we need to increase our staffing, train them so that they have proper skills to do the, what we call virtual planning on the computers. We need to have a CT simulator so that we can acquire patients' data, which we are going to work on them. And the, when you talk about that, you need from two dimension to three dimension. Now, even the level of quality assurance has to improve from the physicists, dosimetrists, and everywhere. Yeah. So the plan is to move to three dimension planning, which also has got a lot of things to do. From equipment uh, staffing number inequality and so many other things
0: okay and what would be your ideal setup here
1: yeah so in my opinion if you look at the major cancer which is a uh, cervical carcinoma and the rest that is our major burden many patients can be treated well using 2D, uh, two-dimension treatment. So we still need to have a machine like a cobalt machine for this setup. Why? Because uh, the cobalt machine is not like a linear accelerator. The linear accelerator will need uh, more quality assurance, so you treat less number of patients if you compare with a Cobalt machine, which needs uh, less quality assurance. You can just do a monthly quality assurance and it performs. So this is like a working horse for us, especially in the the, um, developing countries. You need such a machine still. Then uh, you will need a linear accelerator which can perform advanced treatment modalities. And this is just for the reason of uh, selecting patients whom you think you will definitely benefit. Like I said, focal treatment for brain tumors, for example. That will be an advantage because uh, you have an advantage of uh, planning on the computer system, calculating, delineating your target, delineating the organs which you want to serve you will be able to do a, a dose calculation and you will see whether the dose to the target is adequate or inadequate but to do such a work you cannot do to 60 patients so that you need you will end up treating few patients that's why and i'm getting this experience because where I was trained, at Tata Memorial Center, I was lucky to say that to be trained in a place where there are all range of machines. So I have seen everything from cobalt machines and they are having about four cobalt machines. I have witnessed a work which can be done by just a basic linear accelerator which does not have any conformal treatment, but it, it, it have an ability to give you a higher energy, like six megavoltage, 10, 15. And I have seen advanced linear accelerators. What is the advantage in terms of modalities? And the last was uh, what we call uh, tomotherapy, where it treating slices where you can skip some of the anatomical area, you can treat the thorax, then you can skip other part. then you can treat also the pelvis, whatever. So these machines, for us, I think we just need um, cobalt machines, still it will be there, 2D planning for most of the patient. Then we need a CT simulator, and a linear accelerator which is advanced now. We don't need a basic one, we need an advanced one so that it can give us an advantage of added energy, electrons for superficial tumors, or boost in terms of when you're treating head and neck cancers uh, with patients who have uh, like a level five cervical lymph nodes where you cannot do much with a 2D technique, you need some electrons to add the dose. What we call uh, treatment planning systems. These are the things which are needed for us to upgrade ourselves now.
0: Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed it, don't worry, there's more. In the next episode, again with Dr. Bader-Likonda, we cover topics such as pediatric radiotherapy, multidisciplinary team working, and how you or your organization may be able to get involved. As always, you can join the conversation by tweeting us at Pod, and you can see key references from each episode on our website, globaloncologypodcast.com. I've been your host, Dr. Katie Piddock, and you've been listening to the Global Oncology Podcast.